Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What's good, Internet? You're listening to episode 123 of the Syrupcast. The Syrupcast is a podcast devoted to fostering intelligent and fun discussion about technology in the Canadian telecom scene. Today is June 1st, 2017. This week, I'm joined by old reliable Patrick O'Rourke. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you? Uh, doped up on way too much cough syrup, good, but I'm I'll a, get through it. I'm looking forward to you being hilarious on this podcast. Probably just very boring. Okay. Uh, course we're also joined by rose gold bahar how are you rose i'm great and i am so proud of you for just trooping through this well you know the podcast is my baby so i had to come it is it is impressive we didn't expect you today no well thank you guys and last but certainly not least we have young dean daly how are you sir i'm good i want to cool nickname like rose gold though so it has to come that. it has to come organically uh, i have suggested double d before <laughs> oh i oh. don't like that okay fair enough <laughs> we'll work wow on it. we will work what's, on it what's uh brad's nickname uh young brad young brad wow yeah. but spelled y u n g as if you were a rapper i was yeah. calling him b rad for a while too yeah or young beast um because he's a beast on the on the uh on website. the keys on, on the, the keys on yeah the content production yes the content minds, as it were. Um, <clears throat> this week, we're talking about Android Pay, which uh, my colleagues here were, they were at the event where that got announced. Uh, and we're also going to be talking about Andy Rubin's new gig. Um, so guys, you were at, um, do you want to tell us a bit about the event? I was not there, so you'll have to have to paint a picture for me. Well, about five after hours after people already started seeing Android Pay yes. uh, <laughs> at their devices, we were we were at the uh, no we were at the event and then uh, we had an embargo for a little while we couldn't talk about it but um, mm-hmm. uh, it I saw was... someone spent one cent on something oh yeah we did we bought we bought some candy for one yeah. cent some yeah. Kit Kat bars Ooh. it was great Kit Kat very that's very strategically placed if I might say for Google it was a delicious candy filled event at Google's offices in Toronto mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. had a lot of fun. So Spencer Spinell was that how you said it? Yeah, his last that's right. Name? Director of um, Emerging Platforms. He did the the presentation from New York. I think he was supposed to fly in, but wasn't able to. Oh, to so get he there. Was teleconferenced. Um, so he was teleconferenced yeah. in. They did have two other Google representatives that had various things to do with Android Pay there, mm-hmm. um, which was great. But he he was the key dude that did did the uh, did the talk, um, mm-hmm. and a lot of it was stuff we already knew because we we had documents leaked to us ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody knew that this was the day it was going to launch, so yeah. there wasn't anything particularly shocking. But it was nice to have everything that we already knew confirmed, and and as well as like Couple I guess new things. A, a few new things as so, well. So yeah, Rose, yeah. do you mind just uh, outlining the banks and cards? Um, for sure. I actually don't have like the full list of money, yeah. but I know of the five major banks in Canada, there were only two that were excluded, TD and RBC. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have CIBC, they have Scotiabank. I, sh- I can go through the list. Yeah, right okay. So there's uh, BMO, CIBC, 
Bank National, uh, Scotiabank, Desjardins, uh, President's Choice Financial, ATB Financial, and the most important mm-hmm. of all the banks, Canadian Tire Financial Services. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, I, you guys That's laugh, it. but there was a lot. As you said, your parents are hyped for my, that. My parents are big, big into the Canadian Tire Financial Services. It's yeah. serious. If you're not dealing in Canadian Tire money, then that, you better get out of Canada. Yeah, just straight up. Um, not coming also is uh, American Express, at least not yet, right? Tangerine, Tangerine. is up in the air. Yeah, that was bizarre because uh, I guess their Twitter account said that they're considering um, Android Pay as one of their mobile or that payment they options. Were aware of it. Aware of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A, that sounds like a euphemism um, if yeah. I've ever heard one. Yeah. Whereas Google on their website says that it's it's confirmed that it's coming, yeah. um, and neither really wanted to comment on the situation. So I I don't I wrote a story about it that was pretty much nothing. Just saying here's here's what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I expect it'll probably come eventually. And we also spoke uh, to or got comment from T. TD and RBC mm-hmm. about um, why whether they were going to join, and we also got a good clue as to why they're not joining yet. Oh, um, which is because they want to pump up their own mobile options. So in the case, you know, TD's mobile option or RBC's RBC Wallet, um, mm-hmm. and I guess you know they, they still believe that they'll be able to get more value out of that, whereas they wouldn't get as much value out of Android Pay. Mm-hmm. But their consumers, their customers, are furious on Twitter. Understandably it's been a so. torrent right. of uh, I, I would of not abuse. want to be a TD social media manager right now. <laughs> yeah. No. Not at all. Um, okay, so I guess the question then is, do you feel that this is kind of moving the needle in any shape or form in terms of like mobile payments in Canada? Um you know, like, uh, where do we go from here? I Rose guess. is writing a story about yes. that sort of I right now. So. so, Rose, do you want to start us on that? And then uh, sure. you, and both of you can join in. Yeah, it, it's interesting. Um, I think the it makes less of a difference than I initially thought. That's okay. the interesting thing. Um, and initially, why do you say that? Well, for one, I went in being like, okay, well, you know, there's more Android users in Canada than uh, than iPhone users. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to IDC, that's not even true. Oh, really? Um, it there is it's a low fifty percent for uh, Apple iPhone and a mm-hmm. uh, high forty percent for Android that's users. That's fascinating. So we have yeah. a different demographic than other countries in the yeah. world. Yeah. Um, and and I guess you know that makes sense because our market's more mature, right? And mm-hmm. Canadians are a, uh, Canadians are all just iOS snobs. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So there's that, and also more affluent, right? I'd and say. more affluent, oh, yeah. um, absolutely. And there's that, uh, and of course, also IDC told me about the latest survey they did uh, concerning mobile payments, and they did they published it in May. Uh, and basically, the results were that were very, very few Canadians were actually interested in mobile payments. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think around twenty percent or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that that comes down to a lot of things. It comes down to sort of an ignorance of the product. There hasn't mm-hmm. been a lot of marketing around it. There hasn't been a big push. Yeah, I think partially because banks don't see the value in co-marketing with Google or with Apple. Yeah, if I could just quickly interrupt. Mm, yeah. What was really interesting in reading Patrick's piece was there was a quote about like, um, or uh, this guy you mentioned, he was talking about um, interchange fees and how... Um, Google doesn't charge any and it's because it's like we see they he said we see it as kind of something we need to do to make 
Android compelling, right? Right. Um, those are not the exact words, but that was a quote from Spencer Spinell. Yes, it called to mind our conversation with Amir uh, uh, Sangarangi. Mm-hmm. I can't remember his name, but uh, the exact name. But he was with the RCS right. division, right? Yeah. And it's he said the same thing, which is like we want to offer it just to make the native android experience better yeah so so yeah native experience i, I yeah. found it i found it specifically yeah. um so what he said is payments is sort of the last mile we look at payments not differently than we look at photos or messaging it just needs to work for us to keep android as the most loved operating system we use payments as a critical set of use cases that needs to surprise and delight consumers mm-hmm. yeah the surprise and delight uh, the usual callback but what's interesting, I think, for me was, you know, so what? how are they marketing this? It just shows up in your app drawer and that's it? Like, right. you, you know? Yeah, absolutely. They, they did mention that there might be some co-marketing efforts with various carriers in Canada. Mm-hmm. So that could be helpful, mm-hmm. but it's still lacking. And the other reason that uh, Robert Smith, an analyst from uh, IDC Canada, gave for, uh, you know, the slow pickup of mobile payments is... People are finding contactless payment with your credit card already mm-hmm. easy enough, mm-hmm. and there's not enough, uh, you know, the integration of loyalty cards yeah, and other and cards as well that you can't yeah. just leave your wallet at home so yet. That's what I was like. I, I've said it before that I, I think mobile payments are cool. Mm-hmm. Like I, I do use Apple Pay occasionally. I probably will use Android Pay occasionally when I'm, I'm using my Pixel. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it's just as easy to pull out my bank card um, mm-hmm. uh, and pay with tap. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach like takes a totally different stance on that. But for me, I, I would need to have all my loyalty cards. Mm-hmm. I would need to be able to carry my ID. I would need to be able to leave my wallet at home for mobile payments to make sense for me. It, and it, I don't think that's going to happen for a really long time. I think it's it's different, though. Like you, For me, at least, I always have my phone out. I don't have my wallet at all the time um so android pay for like a pixel user or sorry a nexus 6p user um is kind of big although for me it doesn't work on debit cards yet i think it's coming wait coming on monday fifth yeah Yeah. select debit cards why why did it take why is it taking an extra i think probably just just the way they're rolling out the technology would be my best guess each of those like different card providers and banks they say had to put in a lot of technical technical effort on their own side mm-hmm. so that's the reason that they're giving for a lot and, of the you know slowdowns and i mean i do i do get what dean's saying like uh you have to pull out your wallet you have to mm-hmm. open it up you have to take out your card uh, with android pay you just literally have to tap it right and mm-hmm. the payment goes through so it is easier to an extent i guess but for me like that's the same thing it's like one second that you're saving right yeah, I think it's like for me now that I'm kind of critical about it, it's just a matter of muscle memory, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I was thinking that too right. when I was saying it out loud. Maybe it's yeah. muscle memory. Maybe I need to train myself exactly. to consciously do it all the time. Maybe that's that's what's what's missing, right? Because um, I do often like I'm standing in line at a store and I have my phone in my hand. I'm looking at texts or whatever while I'm waiting to get up mm-hmm. to the cashier. Um, so maybe it's just me needing to remember it but like apple pay has been out for a year and i I still probably use it maybe once once a week and that's because i remembered to use it yeah exactly i remembered to use it and i i like i thought about like okay i'm going to use apple pay instead of you know taking out my wallet and stuff this this is also like a canadian specific thing right right Where, where uh tap is hashtag canadian problems canadian problems where 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 tap is very prevalent like 
almost every store that we go to now has mm-hmm. tap. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if they don't have tap, they usually have a little sign that says no tap. Exactly. And mm-hmm. in the States, that's not the case. In other countries, that that's not the case either. Right. Yeah. In the States, I think it's important to remember, like, they're having, like, a f- you know, people are protesting the chip cards, right? Because, yeah. Because, you know, like, you'll see. And it's just interesting. Anytime you go, it's like, oh, you still have to sign for things. I Sometimes know. you have to swipe, too. Yeah. Like, I was, like, trying to buy it's uh, absurd. all day breakfast in New York once, and I couldn't get it to go through. And she's like, you have to swipe it. And I'm like, what? I haven't done this in five years. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Which is, I think, the other big difference for at least me. I don't tap. Um, I have the option. I take it off because I am I lose my debit card all the time. Oh, yeah. You're telling me this. I remember. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Though. So I put That's my chip point. in every single time. And I think for other people who don't use tap, I know, I personally don't, I know quite a few. Like having an Android Pay and an Android device will make it an easier process. And more secure. I mean, and so there's an argument for mobile payments is that in this case, that is more secure than using mm-hmm. tap on a, a credit card. Mm-hmm. There are more layers of security there. Yeah. So I guess the next question is, I think for most people, the elephant in the room is like, why did it take so long? And I know, spoiler warning, I know what you guys are going to tell me, which was they didn't say much about it. But to the best of your estimation, why do you think it took them so long? Well, they they told us that it was this sort of technical issue of banks Mm -hmm. just getting ready to implement it, which Mm -hmm. is much the same thing that they they said about TD and RBC. They made it sound like they're just trying to work out how it's going to work. But in reality, I think it's the issue of the banks not being satisfied with the deal they're being offered mm-hmm. and not seeing enough value in it compared to, especially after they have invested. Most of the big banks have invested in their own wallet solutions. Yeah. So I, th- I think that's the issue. I think they underestimated the demand for it, though. Like if you look at their yep. Twitter accounts. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I mean, I can read what Spinell said specifically. Yeah. Right. So he said Canada's market, uh, Canada, uh, Sorry, Canada's market we've been interested in since the beginning. There's no specific reason for the delay. We think Canada is early. There's a lot of technology that's there. Every single market requires deep integration and broad adoption across the system. There was no particular slowdown. So really like a non-answer in a way, right? Yeah. If the, if he's implying that it's hard for them to work out deals with all banks everywhere, <laughs> I guess that's probably yeah. true. Right. So I guess the question then is, how do you think Apple was able to kind of strong arm these banks into being like, okay, we'll take, we'll pick up on iOS. Was it just the fact that the, I'm going to answer my question, but I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that the iPhone is just more closed than Android, right? You can develop these apps for Android. You can't for iOS necessarily. Yeah, I think you're right. I think security played a role in it. Um, I also think that it may have had something to do with, so They've rolled out in 12 regions, or is 12 regions the plan? I, w- I wasn't clear about that. Sorry, for Android Pay or for, Apple for Pay? For Android Pay, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, 12 regions? Yeah, there, there's, somewhere, there's somewhere where he said that they're, they're going to launch in 12 different regions around the world. Oh, yes, of I course. Think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The other countries, yeah. The other countries. Yep. So I think maybe part of the Canadian launch delay was like lining up all these other mm-hmm. regions so it could be like a successive mm-hmm. launch. Yep. I think that probably played part of mm-hmm. a, a role in it as well. Mm-hmm. I think also, I mean, Apple did, in fact, have to make some concessions sure, reportedly. Yeah. Um, we don't know this for sure, but there was a Financial Post report that said uh, the Canadian banks sort of worked together to cut a better deal for themselves than mm-hmm. the American banks, yep. which are more fragmented. Did. Right. And I think that, you know, that's kind of speaks to the ecosystem in Canada, right? Because Interac is is a corporation or it's owned by a corporation that was started by the 
major banks, right? And it's, so they've had this kind of um, consolidarity uh, or uh, solidarity, excuse me, that just the American banks never had, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And that's also been kind of a blessing and a curse in terms of the kind of Canadian uh, contactless payment ecosystem. Because yeah. on the one hand, we got tap and go so much sooner. Uh, uh, the chip cards, we got those a lot sooner. But then the slowdown was getting on board with Apple Pay and subsequently Android Pay. It's kind of, it's much like the big three uh, carriers in Canada. The interesting mm-hmm. thing is that they fragmented over Android Pay to mm-hmm. me. So, what do you mean? Sorry. That, that TD and RBC decided right. to go their own way. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows how long that's going to last? A lot yeah. of people have predicted that within the next little while they will join. Google seems to think that. Google too, thinks that. Yeah, yeah, they said within the next several quarters. So, do yeah. you think that's a big like how big of a problem that is do you think people might consider leaving their bank at all for something like i that? had somebody I mean, text me saying that uh, there were comments on our own yeah. articles people were like well i guess i'm switching and i'm like that is a yeah. silly reason to which switch. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. i was surprised with that too like switching banks isn't super difficult but it's mm-hmm. not easy either mm-hmm. Qu- requires a lot of paperwork uh, a time investment um so i'm surprised that people would be willing to do that but i do think it's going to come to those two yeah. banks eventually i think they probably yeah. underestimated the demand one look at the twitter account for yeah. td and rbc and, and you can see that it's something like the customers are passionate about and if they start seeing people switching mm-hmm. banks specifically to use android pay mm-hmm. um they're gonna move quickly to adopt it mm-hmm. yeah and, and both td and rbc have made sure uh not to say that they're there's no possibility that they'll ever mm-hmm. get uh, uh, Android Pay. They use very ambiguous language. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so any final thoughts on Android Pay in Canada before we move on to what everyone wants to essentially talk about? <laughs> Whoa, uh-huh. that's good. No, I, I mean, I think it's great that it's it's finally here. Uh, just because it's not something that I'm personally interested in doesn't mean that it's not exciting for mm-hmm. our readers and, and people that are pro-mobile payment. Um we like the story did great yesterday yeah <laughs> people were pumped about it we've had people asking us tipping us off about uh mcdonald's having like android pay logos at the yeah, end yeah. of the store and stuff like that which is awesome for a long time for, yeah. for like two years yeah. now yeah um so I, I think a lot of people are really happy about it finally coming to canada yeah i'm stoked i would use it if i wasn't with rbc <laughs> i will use it because i'm not with rbc or tv <laughs> Um, All right. So as I teased, uh, we're also going to be we're also uh, going to switch gears to talk about the essential phone. This is Andy Rubin's new gig. Andy Rubin is obviously the founder of Android, the dad of Android, we might say. Um, What is the essential phone? Uh, It's a new high end Android device. It features now I'm just going to run down this uh, Snapdragon 835, four gigabytes of RAM, 128 gigabytes of non-expandable storage, uh, QHD edge of the screen that goes all the way to the top of the phone and kind of surrounds its front-facing camera, which has been very divisive mm. between our readers. I personally think it looks pretty cool, but hey, who am I? Uh, it has a dual-sensor rear-facing camera, uh, and Essential says that it's 200% uh, better at capturing light because, of, because it's a monochromatic sensor, so one sensor captures colors, the other just black and white. It has a what appears to be anyway a near stock build of Android that works uh, that is supposed to synergize with Essential Home, which is their kind of new uh, Google-like or Google Home slash Amazon Alexa competitor. And we're not going to talk too much about it just because they didn't say too much about it. Um, but it 
uh, Essential Home this is runs on something called Ambient OS, and it's supposed to be it's supposed to privilege privacy more so than these other uh, devices because it does most of its processing and data storage locally as opposed to the cloud. But the idea is it works very similar to, that it works. to the Echo, right? And Just more secure. It's supposed to work with quote unquote everything. Uh, <laughs> we'll see how that yeah. works out. Uh, it also has kind of clip-on accessories. A, a lot of the kind of hype around this has been that it's modular, but it's really not modular in the traditional sense. Really, they're just accessories that you clip on. And the first one is a 360-degree camera that shoots 4K video at, or at 30 frames per second. Excuse me. Um, and if you had gone to the Essential website, you could have seen that there was this like really long uh, blog post about how... 360 degree video is the future and everyone's going to be sharing 360 degree video. <laughs> um, there's no headphone jack. It is not waterproof. Uh, and as I alluded to earlier, it doesn't include micro SD expandability. I think what is, so for the most part, this is really just like, um, it's a high end phone. What is, I think the biggest differentiator here is that it has a titanium and uh, ceramic outer body that is supposed to be more durable than the iPhone seven. Galaxy and the Galaxy S8. And uh, I'm sure there's a beautiful picture of Andy Rubin somewhere in there. Uh, and so. Soft lighting playing off of his features. His, yes, his shining, very, shining off the essential phone um, into his face. Yeah, so. Um, Rose, according to Andy Rubin, what's essential in 2017 is another high end Android phone. Uh, and I'm starting with you, but. Do you all agree? Do we need another uh, high-end Android phone in our lives, even if it's made by the dad? I am going to take probably a contradictory view to most people okay, okay. and say, yes, okay. this is essential. Um, maybe that's a little, <laughs> maybe that's a little fall, uh, like a little far, mm -hmm. but um, I think with the sort of Android pedigree that this phone has behind it. Mm -hmm. um, and the fact that some, you know, major uh, uh, mobile phone manufacturers, uh, aka Apple, are sort of flailing right now. Mm -hmm. um, there is more space uh, to to come in and try to gain some of that premium phone market. Sure. Yeah. Um, even the Google Pixel came in and did very well and was very exciting, but it was um, fairly, you know, it was, it was an imperfect first try mm -hmm. to my mind. Mm -hmm. um, so I always recommend people to like take a look at the Google Pixel 2 and see what they've done. Mm -hmm. um, but that had a lot of excitement around it. So I could see the essential phone building a good amount of excitement around it. It looks very interesting. It's done all the right things from an aesthetic point of view to keep up with the Galaxy S8 yep. and the LG G6. Mm -hmm. um, so I think I think it's a good move, and I'm excited to see the phone in in, in the hand. What do you think, Young Dean? So I will take a different viewpoint to that. I don't think another Android phone is essential at all. It's what if HTC made it? Well, yeah, what if HTC made it? <laughs> HTC made it like, yeah. Every, no. every one of HTC's 12 phones per year is essential. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, like it's just not having another Android phone out there and another line of Android devices is just not necessary. It runs, as Ruben said, nearly, I think he said nearly um, stock Android. And we already have a stock Android phone. Why mm -hmm. do we need two of them? It's like having. Because this one has this beautiful face. 
<laughs> Come on. Why do we need two? It's like we would have two. It's not like, sorry. It's like having two um, iPhones centrally. Like, well, it'd be stock Android Plus. There'll be. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're competing to see which can add the more like refined, premium refinements mm-hmm. on it. I don't know. I, I just, like, don't get me wrong. I, I like the phone. It's a cool phone. But, like, I do is it essential? Is it as... We don't, I don't think so. I think I kind of fall in between uh, Rose and Dean. I, I don't know how successful the phone will be or how essential it needs to be um, or how essential it is to, to people's lives. I, I think it's a cool looking phone. I think it's unique uh, the way that it's uh, edge to edge display works. Mm-hmm. I think it's much more bezel-less than the S8, for example, which I would always argue that it's not bezel-less, even though Samsung would tell me over and over that it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's really neat looking. I think it's fascinating that Andy Rubin's making it. Mm-hmm. But there's so many Android devices out there that do exactly what this phone does, but right? that's the thing. Like, there are so many Android devices on the market, and we have this very... Um, most consumers have the conception of Android as this monolith with a lot of sort of garbagey little black phones that, you know, take part in this monolith. Um, what we need is somebody new to be able to say, oh, actually, Android doesn't have to be like that. Yeah, so I so think it, there's a chance. I think that's fair. I'm down with it. I And I mean it's priced high end. We don't know how much it's going to cost in Canada. In the States, it's like Th- 900 something uh, like that or 700, 700 bucks 700 yeah. bucks which which is a reasonable price for a very high-end mm, phone yeah. in the yeah. states um here i'm sure when it comes if it comes i'm sure it will eventually we've had inklings that tell us might be interested yeah um and then i also got an email from sastel that said it will definitely work on our network we may consider it in the future and then someone was calling me out on twitter that shall remain nameless that was like oh it's never coming to carriers you should learn what you're talking about and i'm like man i know that it may come (laughs) we we have insider knowledge yeah anyways i i i think that it is a fascinating phone and i think that it's very cool but i think that it's entering a very crowded market that to a certain extent has plateaued and i don't know if it offers something unique enough to get the average consumer excited about it i'm pumped about it because anytime a phone does something even slightly different i'm like man that's super cool because we look at these devices every day right Mm -hmm. so we're kind of um desensitized to them to a certain extent Mm -hmm. so whenever there's something really small that's neat um, and I don't want to speak for everybody, but for myself, I get really excited about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but for the average consumer, I don't know if there's there's enough there to, to get them hype on it. So, and any of you can take a stab at this. Um, as a thesis statement, what do you think this phone says about both the Android ecosystem as it exists today, but more broadly, smartphones? Oh, as a thesis statement. Yeah. Um, I think it says, I think it says Android's are not respected maybe there's room for somebody to come in and demand the respect of an iphone mm-hmm. i don't know it's my stab at it 
I'm still crafting my hamburger essay. So um, gotta have that statement of enumeration ready. So thesis statement. So do you mean like I'm trying to put, you, you know, put more simply, what does this say about what does this phone say? Say about where we are right now in the kind of smartphone ecosystem. Okay. Um I well, I was just saying that I believe that smartphones have plateaued to a certain mm-hmm. extent. Um but so the essential phone um is an example of a small amount of innova- innovation within that plateau. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Dean? I I like don't get me wrong, I like the phone, but in this thesis statement and compared to, to this plateau, I don't think it change it's still a, like a slab of phone. It's still just a like rectangle rect- slab of phone. It's still a rect like a rectangle. It's still has nothing truly super innovative about it. It's sure it's bezel-less. Like the the top forehead of it is there is nothing. There's it's not there anymore. It's pure screen. Which don't I guess that is kind of a small little jump, but at the same time, it's Samsung's phones are bezel-less. Motorola has mods, and it doesn't have storage, or it's not waterproof. Yeah, the waterproof thing is weird. I, I don't know why they wouldn't have made it IP68. That's mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's a downside. He, he mentioned using like his little. I, he has a name for them, the not mods, but he he mentioned like maybe potentially they'll have something where you can plug in a headphone jack, or maybe potentially <laughs> there's something where you can plug in more storage. There's so much potential for this, but it's like just Samsung managed to do it. Just put it in your phone. Mm-hmm. Like I, I guess some people don't want it, but it should still be an option. And it's one twenty-eight gigs, though, right? Yeah. It is one twenty-eight. So, and gigs. the external storage is—I I get where you're coming from with it. Um, I think that option is always great to have, but because it's one hundred twenty-eight gigs, I think it's less less of an issue. It's mm-hmm. not like you're buying a sixteen-gig iPhone that you can't expand. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it's also like there's a big difference between UFS storage, which is what this has on the internal and just plugging in an SD card, which is a lot less efficient. Yeah. Um, so Rose, uh, your pal, David Ruddock, he, when he woke up and saw the essential news, he had a lot to say, most of it negative, oh which my was, gosh. uh, basically it all amounted to uh, David Ruddock, by the way, is the, uh, EIC of Android police, mm-hmm. really smart guy. Um, most of it amounted to, this phone is going to be a total flop. Um, And his thesis statement was basically like, what sells phones in the US is not like what amounts to like an Android fanboy's like greatest dream. It's carrier partnerships, billion dollar marketing um, budgets, you know, pushing this to carriers, pushing this to the average consumer. This phone does not do that. do you see it like finding is there any way for it to find success if and if not this time is there like something with an essential too? like how like how going into this did you know andy ruman of all people not manage to create some kind of partnerships right that is a big downside and that could spell disaster for the phone Mm -hmm. um but you know, David is a cynical man. For he's sure. fantastic, but he's he, yeah. he hates a lot of things. Yeah. And that's what I love about him. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think what can make a phone stand out if it's able to to make its mark and then the partnerships are, uh, as, as far as I can see, not guaranteed whatsoever so far. 
But um, I think it's usability and simplicity and reliability. Like those are things that unfortunately a lot of Androids have failed to do for the consumer and have ended up disappointing them at various points in their life. Mm -hmm. And that's why people go to these Apple phones is because they're assured a certain level of reliability and simplicity. Mm -hmm. And if the essential phone could bring more of that to the ecosystem, bring it down to the essentials is what the essentials. Yes. That's right. Then it could really, um, apologies think, for all the puns. You know what? I love them, mm -hmm. but yeah, then I think it could be more successful. But of course, um, David Ruddick is right. Partnerships are going to be an issue. Mm -hmm. if the, I mean, if the goal for this phone is to, to be like a, a dominant Android device in, in the Android ecosystem, then it needs those carrier partners. Yeah. But mm -hmm. I think uh, OnePlus, to a certain extent, showed that you can sell a phone without yeah, a carrier yeah. on its own mm -hmm. and have a moderate level of success. Yep. Um, I know during uh, the code conference when Walt Mossberg was talking to Andy Rubin, he asked like, what was the goal for, for sales? And Andy Rubin was very cryptic and, and didn't give a number, obviously, not that mm -hmm. anyone ever would when they just announced their phone. Yeah. Um, but it depends on what success is for this phone, right? Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how many they need to sell to, to turn a profit and to make their investors happy. But I, I do think it's going to at least, at the very least, have the same level of success as, as OnePlus, mm -hmm. despite not yeah. having carrier partners. That's a good point. Yeah. I think in some way this phone says something about uh, high-end phones, which is that you got to think, I think, so I think the Bloomberg report that first kind of broke this, um, obviously it was uh, German, you know, amazing reporter. He said the team was around 40 people, right? And it says to me that actually making a phone is easy, right? Like, um, Essential announced basically three products, right? They announced a phone, they announced a home-like device, and they announced this accessory, right? So not all 40 people were working on um, the phone itself. And on top of that, a lot of these components, you know, they're components you could quote-unquote get off the shelf, right? If you're Andy Rubin. So making, actually designing and making what is a really spectacular phone, well, I can't say that yet because we haven't used it, right? right? But what appears to be a spectacular phone is easy. Actually getting it to carriers, making those partnerships, marketing it so that people buy it is what's really hard, right? That's where the scale of a, a Samsung, the scale of a, a, an Apple is where things kind of, you make or break a phone at this point, right? Um, and I think that's really, that's just at the stage of smartphones we are where they've become, to use an to use an overused term, commodified, right? Right. Um, <clears throat> I'm sure we'll be talking about this more phone, uh, this phone in the future. Hopefully, it comes to Canada. Um, but last week, I mentioned we're starting a new uh, section of the podcast, kind of a mailbag. Um, and so, I wanted to thank everyone who emailed. There were quite a few questions. Um, I think today, just for the time, purposes of time, we're just going to do one. It comes from Gary, a longtime Sony fan. I wanted to ask what the mobile syrup team thought about Sony Mobile's future prospects in the Canadian smartphone market. Uh, you can hear Pat laughing, or rather, when they could be if uh, Sony at large finds itself in a stronger position to try and support it. To put it another way, if Sony is able to use the current success of the PlayStation 4 to help spur a resurgence in its broader worldwide operations, might it be able to turn them around for a renewed push here in Canada, or are they better served at aiming uh, at a more niche audience going forward. 
Yeah, so, and he, he also hints, he's like, you could easily tie Sony into Essential, <laughs> which yeah, is why true. I picked this question today. Uh, so, th- Gary, thank you again for the question. Uh, and uh, anyone want to take a stab? Uh, so, I would say it doesn't look too rosy, um, Sony's future, apart from the fact that it does uh, manufacture some great camera parts and mm-hmm. sensors. Um, listen, this is what I would do if I okay. was in charge Kaz comes up to you. He goes, Rose. Here's the, here's the uh, here's the keys to Sony. I'm going off to the sunset. I'm gonna go with Mr. Ian Hardy. We're gonna take a vacation from our respective. I don't know why Kaz has a Brooklyn accent, but I've decided he does. <laughs> Kaz, yep. Kaz and Ian go way back. Dude. Yeah, Kaz and Ian go way back. Uh, what I would do, pare down uh, the Sony offerings quite significantly. Mm-hmm. You know, one premium phone and one budget, or you know, yep. a budget and a and uh, mid-range uh, redesign the aesthetic look of Sony phones. Please. It just simply is not modern and mm-hmm. it's very, it's so individual, but it's tying the uh, phone to an experience that people were not entirely, like that was never popular. Mm-hmm. So I think a brand refresh would look really good and an aesthetic refresh for the phones would, would help to uh, convince people that they wouldn't have the same issues that they had with previous Sony phones. Um, I think you also have to deal with um, working on having a less bloated UI, yep. uh, better implementation of that software in the processor because there are still issues with lag and there are still issues even with the implementation of the cameras, mm-hmm. which are one, some of the best parts of these Sony devices. Mm-hmm. Um and I think I think that's about it. I mean, th- listen, the Sony phones are not bad. They are pretty good. Mm-hmm. But it's like I said in my review uh, about the XA1, you know, it was it it did not justify its position, its value position, um, because you know the whole thing was that it's a budget phone with a great camera. The camera uh, was okay, but took so long to launch. Was so laggy. Was not. At, was not actually that high quality in mm-hmm. reality and was also just like too top heavy for the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, so that it just didn't find its niche. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the same with a lot of Sony phones. Sony phones don't make money for Sony. To be fair, Android phones don't make a lot of money. I know, for yeah, anyone. But they make yeah. like yeah. nothing. Yeah. Um, there's too many of them. So I agree with Rose that there should only be maybe a high end and a mid range option and maybe a low end. Let's let's go with three. Let's not have like ten phones every year and have a very similar naming scheme that confuses Patrick so much that when he's trying <laughs> to like edit the photos for them, he can't even tell which phone is which. I think yeah. that's that's a huge branding problem. Yeah. Um, like Rose said, I don't think they're ever necessarily quote unquote bad bad, bad yeah. phones. Mm-hmm. I, I think no. they're fine. Uh, but to sell, I think they need to stand out in some way, and they they never really do. But but also, unlike Rose, I I don't know if I like what what's the new one this year? The XZ Premium. Yeah, the XZ Premium. I wasn't a big fan of the XZ Premium. I wasn't even a fan of last year's line of devices. I I did like the Z5 though. I, mm-hmm. I thought that that was a very unique looking, sleek, simple, to quote something from BlackBerry, professional looking phone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I haven't liked aesthetically sony devices since since the z5 um but to, to to make a long answer short i think they need to to call their lineup focus on three two devices 
Mm-hmm. I think that's that's the way to go. Well, they're starting to. Um, I did a post recently about Sony getting rid of one of their yeah, did. like mid high end brands. Um, they're they're not finding it very successful in our market. I think it was the mid mid high end. What yeah. they actually call it? Yeah, I, I remember when I was editing. I was like, is that a real word that they use? Yeah, it was, it was like it's weird. But Kaz himself says that he's only staying in the self the Android market just to stay relevant. He doesn't think that's where the future of communication is going. Mm-hmm. He wants to um, go more into VR and yeah. use even like formulate a way of using VR for like everything, not just their for PlayStation, but um, include it in some form of communication. So for Sony phones to get better, um, I don't think they will. I don't think that this is something that they necessarily are focused on yeah they're not really focused on it they do so many other things yeah Mm -hmm. they're the next big thing for sony is gonna be it's gonna be a vr they're gonna be really focusing on that and um just ditch your phone sony phone man yeah (laughs) so i'll just quickly say you know like the two companies that make are the only company that really makes money on android phones is samsung and they have a very clear point of differentiation right when you look at a uh, Samsung phone, you see very easily how their phones are different from others and that they have the best screen of any phone out there, right? Like certainly a lot of companies use super AMOLED displays in Rose and I had an interesting conversation about that, but that is essentially a Samsung brand, right? What is Sony's point of differentiation? It's the camera. Mm-hmm. Um, they make the best sensors in the industry period. Everyone sources them. Interestingly though, they don't set aside their best sensors for their own uh, phones, probably for good reason. It's probably contract related to, right? Right. And it's like when, you know, Tim Cook comes with like basically a blank check. You don't say, well, you know, Tim, we want to really make our own phones better. Uh, so, um, but that's, so that's a point of, that's like a really hard differentiation point. Now you never want to count on, I think, Sony out just because about five years ago, Sony was nowhere in terms of cameras. Like, it was Canon and Nikon. Just a couple of months ago, it's now Canon and Sony. Like, to mm-hmm. make that kind of a... it's Yeah, it's a shrinking market, but to make that kind of a disruption in a market is still, like... There are a few companies that can do that, right? So right. you never want to count them out. Obviously, they also disrupted consoles way back when, which was was Sega and Nintendo, right? Yep. Now it's... It's Sony and Microsoft, yeah. right? Okay, I, I got uh, the solution. Okay. They need to release a PlayStation phone. Okay. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, I, I just solved all of their problems. I agree fully. <laughs> but yes, but think about that. That is, people don't call it, they're like, oh, I have my Sony console. No, they say I have a PlayStation, right? So it, I think that speaks to it, right? I'm joking. Xperia. I'm joking, but I'm not joking. Yeah. At, at the same time, like I think, like having some kind of gaming focused phone with that PlayStation recognition possibly could be a differentiating factor that could get Mm -hmm. people hype on the Sony brand again in terms of phones. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, shout outs. Um, I'm going to shout out to um, Beef, a.k.a. Zach Gilbert, Mm -hmm. who is not with us today in the podcast room. Also, he's moving, Um, but he wrote a review. Whoa. And this man doesn't always write reviews because he is transferred into like a social media role. He used to be a writer, but mm-hmm. social media. And he wrote a review about this Withings Connected scale. Mm-hmm. And you know what? 
it's really good and i just you, wanted to you, shout it out did you actually read it i did i oh, read it i don't believe you i did <laughs> Whoa. she says smiling it, uh, really largely it, no i did it was it was really good though he did he did a good job job with it um and also gained some empathy for writers yeah. who do this every day yeah that, that, that was my favorite part is that it took him like two weeks to, to finally get it done yeah. i mean to be fair we we all have a million and one tasks and so does beef and he did yeah. a yeah. Uh, kick-ass job yeah shout out to beef so uh as usual for for my shout out which is now the, the switch minute yes i I, switch minute. I wrote a story today uh, about the switch's voice chat system mm-hmm. which i've always been somewhat confused about uh because all, all we knew uh, initially when the switch was announced that it would somehow work with a, a smartphone right yeah so uh this accessory manufacturer called hori uh released uh, i guess in japan they released the documents related to what this headset's going to look like and there's oh. a diagram and this whole like setup and it's crazy kind of looks like an octopus to, to set up this mic um so it, it's going to launch alongside splatoon 2 when that comes out in july mm-hmm. and the way it works is it's a headset traditional headset with a 3.5 millimeter headphone jack that mm-hmm. plugs into a sort of splitter that then sends one cord to your phone and then the other cord goes to your nintendo switch so the volume from the switch is getting outputted right to the headphones and then the mic is getting plugged into your phone oh weird. and then from your phone we don't know everything yet right so from your phone you're going to launch a nintendo voice chat app of some sort that connects you with other players we don't know how that's going to work but this is one of the most confusing things I've ever, I've ever seen. <laughs> it's somehow worse than Nintendo's friend codes. But for me to create my pro, my pro MLG Splatoon 2 team, I'm, I'm going to have to be big, big up on the voice chat so that we can work together and, and, and ink, ink our environments cohesively. Well, good luck. Thank you. Dean? Uh, I'd like to make a shout out to Andy Rubin because uh, he announced this really cool looking phone and emphasize big on AI, but refuse to talk about it. Yeah, that was during the the, the code yeah, code code conference. He was like, very like, oh yeah, but AR AIs would be really good. But when they asked him about yeah. AI, he was like, I can't say anything. I'm not really willing to talk about it yet. I'm not ready to talk about that right now, Walt. My shout out goes to uh, you know uh, former Mobile Suit Fighter uh, Daniel Bader. He wrote uh, Android Central's Moto Z Two Play review. And this was his title, Midnight in the Garden of Good in Sequel. Um, that's like about the most, I've known Daniel now for two years, and that's about the most Daniel title I've ever seen in my life. He's been sitting on that one for a for while. while. He yeah. must have been. This was his moment. He, he wrote the headline when the, the first leak came out. He's yeah. like, this, this, is, this is what it's going to be. Yeah. So um, I haven't read the review yet. I'm sure it's fantastic as all of Daniel's work is. But yeah, go please check it out. Uh, on that note, if you have questions for us, you can send them at podcast at mobilesyrup.com. Rose, where can people find us? At Mobile Syrup on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Those are our three major platforms. Mm-hmm. And you can find me at Rose Bahar. Mm-hmm. You too? You can find me at, at Patrick underscore O'Rourke on Twitter. Um, feel free to message me and tell me that you don't want me to talk about the Nintendo Switch anymore because uh, I won't listen to you and I'll still do it anyway. Have you actually been messaged about that? No, but I'm oh. hoping someone does. That would be like my dream that someone heard me say that and they're like, man, screw this guy. All he does is talk about the Switch. That's all yeah. he writes about. I'm going to tell him that he sucks. That would be great. Mm-hmm. I want someone to do that. Mm-hmm. Dean? You can find me at, um, at DeanCW, but I'm considering it changing it to at HCC Fanboy. It will, <laughs> you have to wait to find out. I like that.
Okay. On that note, maybe we'll have an HTC U11 review at some point. I don't know. <laughs> I wonder who's going to write it if we have one. Yeah, I wonder. In any case, tune in next week to find out. Bye. Bye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.